0: Hi, I'm Jesse from It's Got Star Trek, and we never listen to Let's Talk About Treks. Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Torino. Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks. This is Jack Torino, And it's
1: Isaac here today,
0: replacing yes. Earl. Yes, we have Isaac here with us. Could never replace Earl, but is a great stand-in for Earl. Earl has had a bit of a family emergency and has had to go out of town to take care of a family member. So let's all uh, send him prayers and well wishes and for the speedy recovery of his family members so he can come back to the fold and we can get back underway with this season. In Earl's stead, we have Isaac uh, from Unplanned. How long am I supposed to do the and part? It's seven (laughs) A. So, okay. From Unplanned track here with us today to help us get through the first episode of the season. Isaac, why don't you tell us uh, all about this episode?
1: Okay, so this episode is called Tuvix. Uh The Cerritos Ensigns must assist a caretaker on the voyage of a historically significant starship.
0: This is the 31st episode of 32 episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, They were kind enough to release two episodes, which means that Earl probably won't be with us for the next episode as well. I think I have a good guest spot lined up for for that one. Uh, This is the 894th episode of all 896 episodes of Star Trek. This episode was written by Mike McMahon, who's the series creator, and the directors this episode were... Barry J. Kelly, and our favorite Vulcan director, Jason Zurek.
1: I noticed with your counting, you're counting now 896 to be the very short Trek, are you?
0: Does that include Star Trek Day? The Star Trek Day episode? Do we count that as an episode? Do we
1: count Trekkies?
0: Oh yeah, so Trekkies 3 is coming out, I've heard.
1: But if you count Trekkies 1 and 2, then you count the Star Trek Day thing, but if not, the Star Trek Day thing was just a,
0: it was an ad yeah what so correct me if i'm wrong but last year it was like a longer thing this was like a 20 minute episode of yeah advertisements you're you're correct or advertisements i don't i don't want to say it
1: yeah right. it's, oh, yeah <laughs> it's fine um it was selected though because it made no reference to prodigy despite being about star trek animation
0: Uh, yes agreed that was a little disappointing Uh, awkwardly disappointing yeah I don't know what their plans are with prodigy and I don't know why they're giving so much shade to prodigy although now that I'm thinking about it it could be a contract issue with Nickelodeon
1: yeah
0: I kind of just thought it might be
1: that they don't acknowledge it anymore so if Star Trek's a big family with like 10 13 kids Prodigy's the one that they don't like and they just talk about the other kids
0: oh that's okay. That's the way I looked at it. I mean, that's not okay, but <laughs> it's it's interesting. I wonder if Star Wars does that. Star
1: Wars only like the first three movies, anyway. Star Wars fans they don't like anything after it. Okay, so
0: so Prodigy is the new Star Trek Five.
1: Fans don't dislike Prodigy. It's Star Trek that doesn't like Prodigy.
0: This is true
1: because the Jerry O'Connor thing that was put on it was about Star Trek animation, like. Prodigy belonged at that table more than any, more than most other things.
0: This is very true.
1: Yeah, it's not treated well, and it's because it's been dropped by Paramount, I reckon. But we're supposed to be happy that they're doing things like that in the very short tracks. But in my opinion, it's just hiding the fact that there's the strikes going on that Paramount are trying to give us. Like, like they gave two episodes this week because they're the good guys. That's the way I look at. It. Uh, yeah,
0: they're placating us. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it with that final episode of Prodigy, I was very much looking forward to season two of Prodigy oh, to find absolutely. out yeah. you know, what this cohesive crew is going to be like. And, and
1: Bonnie Gordon's talked it up too. She's like, season two is just getting started. It's going to be great.
0: Wait, are you saying that they've started working on it? or
1: Oh, they, they pretty much finished it when
0: they canceled it. That's kind of what I
1: thought. I feel like what they've done is canceled season one and made it unable for us to view. They haven't actually said what they're going to do with the stuff that they've... Like we we don't seasons two's been done but we don't know how it's going to be released.
0: Wait, are you saying they pulled Prodigy from the Paramount Plus app? Yeah, you can,
1: yeah at the moment you. Can't oh, watch I have no Prodigy idea. Anywhere? Yeah, well, not That's legally. wild. Yeah, I think the first ten episodes are available on DVD and Blu-ray. I don't know about mm-hmm. the second half of the season.
0: Oh wow. So we are, as we mentioned earlier, uh, here to talk about Lower Decks. So maybe Mm -hmm. we do that instead of apparently talking about a show that doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) It was so much fun to have them all back and what a great start to the season.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, So we, we started this episode warping into a system that they're calling Portello, but in my head it's became Portobello. So hmm. I'm just going to say that we, we warp into the Portobello system on a classified mission. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. everyone's hoping that there's no Romulan neutral zone involvement. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we have Boimler doing his holodeck waste removal and <laughs> the Hydrogen girls are hanging out. I'm glad to see to Lynn back. I wasn't sure we were going to carry that moving forward, but it's good to see her continuing as a member of the Lower Decks uh, team. I am confused about her rank because it seemed like, did she have, not to jump forward too much, but to mm. jump forward a little bit, did she have one of those marquee badges on originally and then got changed to a different marquee badge?
1: I thought so too, but it might not actually mean marquee. it might mean non-Starfleet or that you haven't progressed through the Academy.
0: This should have been what O'Brien was wearing when he was on the Enterprise. Yes.
1: Is it what he wore on DS9?
0: I think his was a little different. It was more chevron-like instead of a slash, Mm. but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I might be wrong again in the future.
1: He is the most important member of Starfleet, so we should get this right.
0: He is indeed. To hear some fans tell it, he is the murderer of most of Starfleet, and also the creator of most of Starfleet because people think that when you go through the transporter it destroys the original oh, yes. and then creates a new one
1: and you know what that's correct today that's a very good segue for this episode
0: there's a phrase that keeps coming back through this episode which is really amusing uh, it's one that you mentioned actually during the episode description and that is the phrase of historically significant mm. like it keeps coming up again and again and again the first mention is when Ransom says that the promotion for Boimler is going to go through Relax
1: you'd have to screw up in a historically significant way to mess this one up
0: yes and how
1: good a piece of narrative is that there is so much not just star trek but historical narratives where everything will be fine unless something bad happens yeah <laughs> you know something bad gonna happen right it's just like of course yeah
0: this Beljo Tweakle guy the, the guy who's mm. basically the clen of voyager is he, I don't remember her name, but the young woman from Star Trek Beyond, I think, the one with Idris Elba, is he the same species as her? The one with the motorcycle? Jane, was her name Jaina, I think?
1: I didn't think of that when I saw him. Okay. I kind of focused more on how annoying he was.
0: <laughs> okay, I think that's fair. <laughs> the,
1: the what species he was. Like, he, he was a bit like Boimler. Okay. But without the charm. <laughs> yes.
0: So what we've discovered is that Cerritos has been assigned to help out Beljo Tweakle with his getting Voyager from wherever it is. Uh, speaking of which, out of curiosity, where do you think it is?
1: I thought it might be where Geordie was working in season three of the
0: card. Oh, is was it it was there in that little museum? It was.
1: Um when ah. uh, Seven of Nine was identifying each ship at one point to Jack Crusher. Mm-hmm. And she went, you know, that was Oh one's- right. Yeah. So I was trying to look for signs that it was the same uh space station that Geordie was working on, but I-, I couldn't find anything to confirm or deny it.
0: It didn't seem to be the same. It had like a it had one of those like archer space dock type of structures around it or at least one of them i think several sticking off from several sides i don't think that the fleet museum had that Mm. it was just like the circular pads everywhere
1: i guess voyager is a ship and can move from place to place i've
0: heard this about it
1: yeah (laughs) how awesome is the voyager music used in that opening as well. Yeah. It's just perfect. It made me actually think, does Voyager have the best music?
0: I think Voyager has perhaps the most heartwarming and inspiring music.
1: Oh, you haven't watched Enterprise?
0: Oh, I've tried.
1: <laughs> that song is inspiring, man.
0: <laughs> Everyone says that. Everyone loves that song. I am an outlier because I'm, I, I think that I like the theme song for the mirror universe Mm. of Enterprise better than the regular theme song?
1: Oh, everyone does. The actual song from Enterprise is both the best and worst song ever before.
0: Simultaneously, I don't understand how. I feel like, again, my memory is not 100% perfect, but I feel like that song had won the previous year on American Idol.
1: Oh, because originally the Rod Stewart song.
0: Right, and then I think Russell Watson did it yeah, um, yeah, for right. American Idol, and then it became the Enterprise theme song.
1: I wonder if they're on the same network. I think they were,
0: come to think probably of it. That would make sense then. Yeah. Why don't we do this really quickly? Why don't you yeah. tell us about the other project that you do that's not this one? Oh, sure. The yeah. other
1: project that I do that I've been doing for about a year and a half with my good friend Andrew Hogan is a little show called Unplanned Trek. And what we do is we take a randomly selected episode across all of Star Trek canon, but we don't review it. We don't analyze it. We're just looking for certain things and giving votes and medals away. So we're looking for love. We're looking for fights. We're looking for animals. Um, and, and we're looking for people to die. And if any of those things happen, we award points for it.
0: So find yourself your unplanned trek now on the Treks and trackers Network, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That's right. So we've been, um, working in collaboration with the guys over at Channel Quite Show. So that, yeah, that's a bit of fun. And you'll actually hear them coming on our show from time to time too, as well as vice versa. We've been lucky enough to be involved in their episode episodes where they've been looking at some of the old TOS episodes and asking us to to present some quiz questions
0: yes so uh recommend you you everybody check that out it's it's a great show and uh shuttle pod show is also a great show and it's going to be a, a a great time thank you would say we move on to act one which starts out with okay so there's a guy on, on the left he's uh he's blue i think that he's one of those men doc men men what is his name Min doc men you remember the The little guys with the dry ice um, inhaler in front of them Oh, yes, we like them. Wesley gets them confused and thinks they're all the one person. Yes, because apparently there is a very limited gene pool on their planet. Yeah. We're, we're scanning across a bunch of different Voyager sets from different episodes. Like, there's the Seven Alcove. Oh, and there's the mannequins of the different people. Yes, and all recognizable. Yeah, there's the Seven one. Yeah. There's a Neelix one that's up yeah. in the mess hall. And I believe that there's one that we're holding on the bridge that is Harry Kim? yes, that had to
1: be Harry, yeah,
0: and then Rutherford gets into a little mess with the uh, the Voyager's bio neural jetpacks, yes. Um, I did enjoy Ransom talking about how it's Voyager Shit got freaky, <laughs> and, and as we move on, there's a little talk about Tuvok and whether his quarters are austere. Talyn hmm. has this concern, I'm not really sure that Tuvok's quarters are all that austere. By which I mean in comparison to everyone else's quarters, it seems like people in Starfleet don't have, like, a lot of sense of, like, decoration and stuff. Uh, It seems like everyone's quarters are pretty austere every horizontal surface is empty there's there's never anything on the floor there's hardly anything on the walls and if they do have something on the walls it's generally a picture of the ship that they're on which is maybe... yes
1: <laughs> just so they remember they don't put up a led zeppelin poster and have a lava lamp in the corner do they
0: Mm-mm. it seems they should though <laughs> mm.
1: Go back to um, Ransom, I loved how he also used, was it Timber, his eyes wide open or or
0: one of those to describe the situation? I thought that was great that that he had parsed and understood the meaning of the words. I really appreciated the fact that he was doing that because, you know, when that Darmok episode originally happened eight billion years ago, Mm. I was very keen on trying to figure out what the things meant. Mm. that he was saying trying to gather it by context clues sort of in the same way that the next generation crew was trying to figure that out durino the language language (laughs) study that's that is that is the factual (laughs) statement (laughs) billups at one point mentions that you know just as they're about to use the transporter with the orchid on it. Uh, Mm. Bilbs mentions that he had a dragon when he was a kid named Fiddlesticks. Mm. They're really drawing out this whole idea of him living in what basically amounts to a Dungeons and Dragons world.
1: Yes, in my head canon it's the same world as in Strange New Worlds
0: the Elysian Kingdom. Oh sure, the Elysian Kingdom, yeah. It's not a strange, really. It reminds me of the planet where everyone was losing their memory as well.
1: Now, this is ironic, but I can't remember that (laughs) one. Which Star Trek's that from?
0: It was uh, Strange New Worlds when they left the guy behind and had to come get him oh yeah yeah season two i i sort of identified for some reason with uh tiana when she gets all upset about like why is everyone trying to tell me about their pets all the time
1: yeah i get it too.
0: when people find out you're from australia do they mention other australians and they're like do you know
1: yes they do but the thing is it's really bad when i do (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh. don't ask me that <laughs> yeah i know them
0: <laughs> yes of course <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I just pretend that i do know them even if i don't like this i this person staying with me they're from australia i'll be like oh yeah they're my brother
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt
1: <laughs> and the thing is the other person will back me up anyway they'll, they'll go oh yeah
0: yeah true. absolutely
1: the, the the thing that annoys always be more than that is more like oh you're from australia i love new zealand oh that that, that happens from time to time
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> they're in the transporter room with shacks and it turns out that only one pattern is beaming back from voyager to the uh, cerritos mm-hmm. for a little while i was confused as to how the whole orchids got on the same ship but i realize now that they transferred ships there's like two plot lines in this episode one is the transporter thing and the other one is the voyager getting freaky stuff right so that happens on the voyager and the transporter stuff happens on the cerritos
1: yeah true voyager is largely not used in the actual Two Gixbit, isn't it? Everyone's materializing on on the Cerritos.
0: Yeah, so we've combined Tiana with Billups. Uh, The most unlikely combination I would've thought of, I I would've expected more like front level characters to mix first. What do you mean by front level? Our prime characters on this show Mm -hmm. are are the main four, which I guess are Mm -hmm. technically five now, right? You got uh, Tendi and Rutherford and Boimler and Mariner and then your second level characters are like Shax the captain yeah Ransom yes Ransom and then there's like their support staff which mm. it would include like Tiana and Billips and Lundy and mm-hmm. um wait is his name Kovath the 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 Darmok guy the 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 child child of Tamarian Tom, oh
1: yeah actually nobody's is. Mm. and the um counselor
0: yes Migly Moan.
1: Yes, I would have no chance of saying that word. Yeah.
0: So I kind of put, like, Tiana and Migli Moe on, like, a third tier. Yeah. The plot line sort of comes out of the lower decks of the lower decks, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. yeah, it would be like Lieutenant Carey in, in Exa- Voyager. Yes, exactly that, 100%. So where are they going? Oh, yeah. Is everyone just headed to Earth together? Yeah,
1: yeah. I I don't think they actually say it, but I think from the end where Voyager is back on Earth, we can Mm -hmm. assume that's where they were intending on going.
0: This makes sense. I appreciate Mariner for just driving home the fact that Janeway straight up murdered Tuvix. It's it's maybe the first time that I've heard you know someone on screen admit to the idea that yes janeway did indeed murder tuvix
1: i also really like that captain freeman goes i'll just find out what janeway did like, oh, it, yeah. it, which is absolutely plausible and there's no reason why everyone in the fleet would know how boyd
0: boy, you handled the situation this is true and mariner finds this macrophage uh hiding behind some of the bioneural gel packs I had almost forgotten about this but this was uh an episode i think it was was it called macrocosm or macrophage or mm, yes you, you um exceeding one my, my immediate knowledge there okay so that that episode sort of reminded me of there was an episode of uh star trek those old scientists that used yeah. to horrify me as a kid i believe it was called operation annihilate it's the same one where we find sam kirk dead right and there were right. these like weird flappy creatures that were kind of similar that would fly around and land on you and kill you right uh so that's what these tactachian macrophages reminded me of
1: i think these ones are different i think they these ones are like small viruses that have mutated they're the teenage mutant ninja turtles of bacteria they are they've been dancing around in the goo they're probably like pizza and if the universal translator was working they'd say bunga." Uh,
0: especially when they get the borg implants on them how
1: good is the borg influence on everything in this episode
0: yeah um when they go on to the salamanders yes which was for some reason animatronic what do you think the animatronic idea behind the salamanders are when they're in their display do you think they just do the like same little moving around that they do
1: just lift a head and look (laughs) up to the left you know just a little little flex to make you think that they're real
0: so what i need now is i need a scene of tom paris and admiral janeway doing a tour uh, of the voyager ship and uh, and coming across that display, I would like to see their reaction.
1: Would they acknowledge it? I mean, those kids haven't been acknowledged for a long time. Like prodigy. <laughs> but, right, yes, yeah, so
0: we've prodigied the whole the whole Warp Ten thing.
1: I I really enjoyed that specific reference placed in this episode, though. Like lower decks is for the fans, right? Yeah, and seeing. Like all these little easter eggs how could you have a Voyager display episode without touching on threshold to some degree i mean it's almost up there with two weeks for the most talked about episode for for bad reasons you know? yeah, for sure
0: <laughs> for sure oh one thing that they mentioned was that um Somebody said that the symbogenetic merging had happened back in the 70s mm. and I mm. just like the way they termed that because, you know, it seems very too, yeah. contemporary but also very true.
1: I like that too and I liked in that scene the medical diagrams of both Tuvok Neelix and Tuvix, mm-hmm. yeah, they're very identifiable, yeah. Yeah,
0: one thing that I really liked, one of my favorite things about Tuvix when we did that episode was Tuvix's uniform. Mm. I like Mm. how they sort of repeated that shoulder pattern in the Tillips uniform. Yeah, Tillips was great. Yeah, this is extremely creative to like merge just the whole thing. Like, I appreciate Mike McMahon for as soon as he brings up Voyager, he goes straight to Tuvix. Like, that's exactly where (laughs) I would go as well. And the way that he's sort of carried that idea and like blown it way out of proportion is awesome.
1: It's, It's like the episode Tuvix itself, like the original Tuvix, Mm-hmm. I feel like it's grown over the years. Remember when the song um, Africa but um, became big again like a few years back?
0: I hear the brains down in Africa. Everybody loves Toto.
1: <laughs> That's right. but it became like huge like I don't know three or four years ago again like it just became big again. I feel like weeks does that. like everyone wants to talk about twoviix again. this episode I think has been timed right on what fans actually talk about
0: yes i have seen a lot of talk about that episode i watched two episodes of voyager um earlier this year that i really really liked and have now like linked together in my head mm-hmm. and those are of course two Vicks, which which somehow i find myself watching again and again i don't know why Uh, I I just like the idea of Tuvix, and I feel like they I always felt like they should have just kicked
1: him. (laughs) I mean, I would have
0: felt bad for Tim Russ, and um, I was gonna say Garrett Wang.
1: Yeah, you would have felt Uh, sorry for Garrett Wang, but it's Ethan Phillips.
0: Yes, thank you. (laughs) But I would very much have enjoyed to see this new character emerge. I'm Mm. I'm hoping that maybe, maybe they do that at some point, (laughs) because I would have loved to see the series move forward with Tuvix, and the way that he was slightly better than both of them mm. Mm. the other episode that i went back to recently was brittles so this is another tuvok's not tuvok episode it's where he lost his memory and he's like alarmed that he wasn't you know friends in his regular life with neelix they have a really cool heart-to-heart when tuvix is not not being mm. too so i really like breaking the character of tuvix i i i, I like a i like a stodgy vulcan you make
1: tuvok or tuvix
0: Oh, I mean Tuvok. Yeah. I thought you
1: were being cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, I'm going to call him Tuvix from now on. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would like him to be Tuvix. So that may have been <laughs> what my brain was doing, is just you know forcing me to, to refer to him as Tuvix. But I do like when they break Tuvok out of that stodgy Vulcan mm. demeanor and get, I guess, human with him. <laughs> Which is actually the opposite of the intention of the character, but I just like it very much. Makes him more relatable, you know? I like it when Vulcans show their feelings.
1: We recently did Resolutions, the Voyager episode, where Janeway and Chakotay are left on the planet because they've been stung by an insect. Yes. And Tuvok is a great captain, just no one likes him.
0: Well, I think that makes sense.
1: And they essentially mute me. (laughs) He doesn't make a bad move for the whole episode, but the, the the... Crew kind of pressure him into mutiny to turn around and go back and pick them up. Sure. Yeah. 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 You
0: can't leave Janeway and Chicote behind.
1: He can leave Chicote behind.
0: Just by himself. But not not Janeway. She's <laughs> got to get right. back to Mark. What is what is Chicote coming oh, back to?
1: Yeah, poor Mark. He's been looking after that dog for years. Yeah,
0: that dog has has dog grandchildren by now. <laughs> Mark probably does too. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is also true. <laughs> they really get into sort of the the character of Tuvix through Tillips, which is great because Tillips is doing the whole thing where, you know, immediately when we have Tillips in sick bay, he's he's he starts upgrading the scanner that they have. Mm.
1: That's right, makes it better. Yeah,
0: he goes back to like I love being alive, which I think is a phrase that Tuvix actually said in that episode. Mm. But that's right around the time that, that Captain Freeman decides she's going to go check the logs. Yeah. And at the same time, Shax is checking Tillips' logs, his memories yes. of like, hey, do you remember um, those things in the holodeck that we were doing? And the scared look that comes from Tillops.
1: <laughs> when, when the kitchen's back. up. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's the confirmation of, oh, I do remember these things.
1: Mm. This might be the right time to bring it up, considering where we are, located in this scene, but this episode could have really been enhanced by the use of the Doctor.
0: Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Because I didn't understand why we made that omission. Mm. Because what else would be the purpose of installing hollow emitters all throughout the ship? Well, it, it's to make it
1: the museum, so you can potentially have a Tom Paris on the bridge or Balana in the, in engineering, I guess. But you know, we don't know anything that happened in Voyager after the ship got home except for Janeway becomes an admiral. That's in the movie. But apart from that, we don't know anything. I'd
0: assume the doctor's still there. He's, he's in the, he's in the mobile emitter.
1: Yeah. But wouldn't he just stay on Voyager? Would Starfleet let him leave?
0: I feel like when they, yeah, I think they would let him leave because of the whole agency of an individual thing. I do think that when Voyager got back, they probably um, reassigned everybody and yeah. took that ship apart because that ship had been through a lot. And it had yeah. like Borg stuff, you know, it had, it probably had a whole bunch of, you know, rubber bands and glue and paper clips holding stuff together. Seven years ago. It had a lot of shuttles, though, still, somehow. And I'm sure it came yeah. back with a full complement of photon torpedoes because yeah, right. well, they were just self-replenishing, I guess. <laughs> along the way.
1: But yeah, even still, I I reckon the doctor would stay on board because I reckon he'd just be considered part of the part of Voyager.
0: I think that that would be probably a really good short story. Explaining Mm. what happened to basically everything when they got back, uh, especially Mm. the doctor, because I think that I don't think the doctor would want to stay on Voyager. I I would imagine that he would want to go and try to have a, a life.
1: Either that, or he'd be chucked in the Daystrom Institute and studied.
0: Oh sure, yeah, that too.
1: Probably by someone that looks a lot like him. Yes. Like, almost identical.
0: Yeah, probably Zimmerman would want to study him. Yeah. I don't know that he would necessarily allow it, though. But, they actually, so we've, we've actually proven that you can copy the Doctor, so maybe they could just do a copy of him. The reason I say that is because at one point the Doctor woke up 300 years in the future on some alien world,
1: it's a copy-paste, isn't it? It's, yeah. not,
0: it's not a um, return to factory settings one. Yeah, so it seems to me like they should be able to just duplicate them. Mm. Although that's also another like ethical, moral issue of like, now there's two of me walking around, do I really want two of me walking around? Am I okay with the fact that you copied me? It happened to harry kim Now oh, this is true this is also <laughs> oh yeah i forgot about that harry kim is not harry kim that's why he never got promoted he's actually some guy from another universe yeah you
1: can't promote a guy from another universe that's
0: why he's insane oh now it all makes yeah. sense because he's not even really in Starfleet. He's from some other universe, in some other universe's version of Starfleet. We're not going to promote you, we'll let you hang out, but that's about it. (laughs) You know, with the copy-paste thing, this was the solution that I had imagined could happen with Tuvix. Hmm. You could duplicate Tuvix and then separate one of the Tuvixes so that you have Tuvix and Tuvok and Neelix. That would have been an interesting interaction to have on the ship yes. where you have like both characters and then the merging of the characters all together and how they interact because
1: they are only got each other's personalities and identity up until that point but mm-hmm. after that point they would have different memories and different experiences would make them drift apart
0: right well
1: I mean drift apart in the sense of drifting apart from being identical yeah Yeah. they could still be close I don't know how I'd get on with a hybrid of myself and knee leaks. god
0: <laughs> who would you most be okay with uh merging with and, and becoming Star- a new universe? being with oh sure in the Star Trek universe
1: I reckon Saru.
0: oh okay now now my question is why
1: Saru's so like like all the good bits of being a Vulcan with having empathy and understanding huh. and the walk
0: yeah you gotta do the walk and the hands
1: yeah that's right I get a better walk and I'm probably a bit more emotionally capable than I am now.
0: No, not that anyone asked, but I think if I were going to (laughs) merge with someone, first I was thinking data, but I don't know if that would even work.
1: Interesting you say that, because when you said merge with someone, I was wondering if you meant in the data tashing kind of way?
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Because they merged. They did merge, absolutely. (laughs) He said fully functional. Mm. Does that mean that he has, like, some sort of cybernetic spunk? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Nano-android bots. So, is it possible that Tasha was pregnant when she died? Did you think that Romulan Tasha kind of looked a bit androidy as well? <gasps> I did
1: think that! <laughs> That's where they got her. Oh my gosh. I have thought about this before.
0: They did a whole thing, just like they did with Picard, yeah. and they took Tasha's baby and they injected some Romulan DNA in there.
1: Does fully functional also imply the existence of not quite fully functional?
0: It does. Or just partially functional? L- lore's not quite fully functional. Lore, Lore is not <laughs> programmed in multiple technique. He's just sort of all about himself.
1: What about fully functional with one technique?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's you know that's that's most of us, I think.
1: Multiples, not all, as well. Multiples just more than one. Oh, this is very true. But fully functional with at least two techniques.
0: Yes, this is important stuff. This is important stuff. So he's got like the swirl down, <laughs> right? And he's got there's. I'm. This is going off the rails. But the, there's no oral involved. What not? Well, I'm saying because if you only have two moves, you got missionary <laughs> and you got swirl, and that's about it.
1: <laughs> but they could be the two moves. Maybe he doesn't know those ones. Just because you've got two techniques doesn't mean that the two obvious
0: ones. They could be two randoms <laughs> or two bad ones. They could. So okay. So data, data can do like the upside down, right where he like stands on his head. I mean, he stands on and he some, stands upside down and and does stuff. And some footplay. That, and yeah and that's it <laughs> that's that's, that's it. this whole thing you can combine the two that's a new combination that's right upside down footplay.com look it up <laughs> like and subscribe that's right <laughs> link in the description <laughs> so Tillips has discovered this whole murder thing that he's expecting and calls Miglimo, mm. who's like, Yeah, I'm going to come and do some counseling for you. But then Tillips has built a transporter in their quarters. I don't think that's it. You've got to transport a transporter room, but you can transport from anywhere.
1: You don't have to go to the transporter room to use, be transported.
0: So when when Tillips called Miglymo, just at the end of the scene, Tillips climbs up on the bed and starts doing something in the ceiling. Oh, that's true. So I think this is another reference to ha- how much better the Merge folk are from their originals.
1: Yeah. See, at the time that that happened, Miglymo, am I saying it right? Yeah, I think um, so, yeah. yeah okay. Miggly Moo says something along the lines of don't do anything in, out of self-care uh-huh. and you see the character going up to the roof and you think that they're about to hang themselves. So that, that's what I thought you we were supposed to think. Because oh. that's the exact thing that he was saying not to do. But it wasn't actually explained what he is doing with the ceiling, which could be to rig his own transporter or, or, or something like that.
0: It's interesting that you, you, that your brain went so dark with it.
1: <laughs> I, I thought that's what we were supposed to think though. To, uh,
0: comment below. I was having a good day. I'm call for help.
1: I'm, I'm doing fine.
0: Let us, let us know what you thought. Um, the Borg alcove is on. Apparently, the Borg Alcove, yeah. One would think that you would power those things down, like as soon as you got back. Like, w- another thing is that, like, I kind of expected them to have taken Voyager kind of apart. Yeah, in fact, there's an episode where Seven wanted to take all the alcoves apart
1: when all the kids left in season seven, except Correct. for hey, each So, she's like, Well, we can get rid of all the alcoves now, and each like, okay, hey, come to <laughs>
0: farm is there a reason why they have to have that design couldn't they have just done like a you know how like we used to hook up data to like just like like a fiber optic cable Mm. Mm. like is there any reason why they have to have like the whole alcove with like the laser light and all that stuff is it just like design stuff do you think seven has like a sense of like Borg design and like that's why they built the alcoves that way was that because it doesn't seem to me that it would be necessary to do all of that it seems like a lot to do if that was the case people would be able to walk around that room and
1: she wouldn't care but when she was asleep because that's what happens all the time is you know I mean all the time humans appear on your ship and you just ignore them because they're not a threat people could just walk around that is it a storage room yes sort of hangout anyway.
0: I yeah, think so. You could just
1: walk in there while she's sleeping in a weird way, like, like, you know, society. We don't usually walk in rooms mm. when people are sleeping.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> do you think they have to plug in, or is this like a wireless charger? This is 90 stuff, so this is before Bluetooth and stuff. It's, uh-huh. yeah,
1: it's, it's, like, it's like those really thick batteries. You need six of them, you know. If one goes flat, the whole thing doesn't work.
0: Where do you think the port is? Seven to plug in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. If we're playing volleyball, you just put the ball so high above the net, for me to smash it. (laughs) Um, But this deserves, you know, sensible thought, not not silly thought. I would have a so I assume, and I'm gonna to have to do this visually, so just go with me here, listeners. So you're standing up in the alcove, and you okay. kind of, your head goes, you're looking straight ahead. I'd imagine that it would connect to the back of your head and kind of keep your head there and clasp.
0: Oh, that's why her hair was like that, because that's where her plug was. That's my new head But
1: I mean, <laughs> I don't know Brendan Braga very well.
0: Well, <laughs> what we do know of Brendan Braga yeah is standing right there they
1: were an item weren't they at one point i think so
0: i think that they were an item in brennan braga's head (laughs) but i'm betting that it wasn't so much so in jerry ryan's head (laughs) me and jerry ryan have been been
1: for years
0: right yeah we've been we've been we've been in a relationship for the longest time
1: so have me and brennan braga
0: <laughs> they both blocked me on X, by the way. It's like a whole amalgam of oh, I don't think I, I don't think I'm gonna call it that. I I know what this guy is like. This guy's like, yeah, I'm gonna do my X thing from you know that I've had the domain name since before domain. Name. Like if you have the domain name x.com, you clearly like use you, you got it like when the internet first started. Well, you paid for it, like there's no
1: way oh, that yeah. the beatles got the beatles.com before somebody else right
0: this is <laughs> they true. bought it
1: you know
0: <laughs> there's some people on google who have like and i i met one of them like you know not to toot my own horn but i met somebody who toot who? Who, who, who's, whose gmail address is just their first name and it's like a common first Ooh. name it's been a while since i i knew them but he had just his first name and it was just like bill at gmail.com I'm like what <laughs> like how did you do that but he was apparently part of like this beta testing team mm-hmm. when they were first starting up google so that's how he got this amazing name damn you beta shift yeah
1: i had um isaac at starfleet.com at
0: one point you could buy your
1: name at starfleet.com for a while but i think that's kind of folded
0: yeah i forgot about that they they did shut yeah. that down that's because it was part of the whole star trek website the worst website on the history of the planet like there's there's nothing on it well okay so what's on there that's of value is like stories that like articles that star trek fans have written about how star trek is a part of their lives and like how it's Mm. helped guide them or help comfort them etc and then the rest is just complete trash Right. Like there's just nothing there's nothing of value there to me. Like even the store that they have on there is is a little bit worthless um to me because like you just go to Amazon and get all these things and you don't have mm-hmm. to and you can get like next day shipping. Mm. I don't know how you feel about about shading actual Star Trek properties. I don't wanna I don't wanna go too far on that, but it's just <laughs> really a useless website and I just can't I can't mention it often enough. I, I mention it every chance I get. Like, because they really should just, like, step it up. I don't know what exactly they could do, but I'll tell you the... What they could do, yes. they could put product on there. They I'm could. not being dumb.
1: Like, if we can, if it's not available anywhere, why not just put it somewhere, like, on, on the internet that's easy for people to access and watch?
0: You know, I hear it's on the internet somewhere for people to access mm. and watch. Mm. If you're mm. okay with stealing cars. Yes. <laughs> and, and your FBI guy watching what you're doing though. Right. Fortune favors the bold. There's oh, some oh, merging God. here in this episode. A couple of them I was a little confused at. Captain Dr. Friendly Mm. That is not the combination I would have chosen, but an interesting combination, and I do like the character. Mm. Again, these cha- even in this episode, these merged characters that they've created, I would like to see them continue moving forward. I would love to see a Doctor Captain Doctor Frigleyman. I actually would would like it if they had kept like all of the merged people together yeah. and just like move forward with the series for
1: well, like half a season or something. Yeah. But did you notice that that merged character still said something food related? It said something like, "Let's get all the others." Yeah. Scrum- some, yeah, exactly. Healthy. And I'm like, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was a
0: nice touch. I actually liked how this was going. Uh, one hybrid that I was confused about was Shax's. Yes. Because I don't know who Shax was merged with. I, it seemed like Shax was merged with uh, the Temerian security chief, but was also female. Yeah, I, I kind of went. We don't Oh, the know trill. That oh, that was the trill. Oh, was it? The trill girl that Rutherford went on a date with. I just realized that's who oh, that was.
1: Yeah, I remember her. Um, I was surprised that the towel guy didn't. Hans, the towel guy. Fetterman. Uh, yeah. Did, did you notice the towel guy on the Klingon ship later? Oh, no. Did you notice the barrel <laughs> in the debris of the
0: on ship. I did not. What was the barrel of? The barrel that nearly killed Worf. Shut up. There were, they had a blue barrel floating through there?
1: There was a barrel. I'm not sure if it's the same barrel, but I went... Wild. <gasps> ...when I saw it.
0: That is great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we have Chanda's. I think that's Lundy plus the bartender. The Lundy-tender.
1: Right.
0: Right. Yep. And then I'm not really sure who Shabarns was. And also, I'm a little... I was a little annoyed that swale swalens was the name instead of like Mm -hmm. smat smattens Mm. like wouldn't that because you're just calling him by the species that's like that's like Tuvox would have been called volcaxian instead of tuvix right i used to hate that he was called mr vulcan
1: like his name's not Tuvox vulcan oh i liked that i
0: liked that for neelix did you not for anyone else.
1: But you know I'm not pro-Neelix, right? Like, oh. I'd probably like it if somebody else did it. But if I was on a Starfleet ship and someone
0: came up to me and called me Mr. Human, I don't think I'd like it. Huh? That's a good point. Yeah. I kind of liked Neelix. I thought he was very endearing. I liked the fact that he was always so upbeat. And you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. ready to try to help everybody feel better. I thought that was great. I thought that was needed. And I thought, but I thought that they were going to use his character far more of as a, a guide more often yeah. to warn them or help them go this way or you know, uh, use him for some exposition on you know different alien species. I mean, they did it a couple times, but I just expected more, more guidance from him. What I'm starting to realize n- nowadays. Is the whole pedophilia oh, yeah. uh, aspect of Neelix? Yeah. Um, because she was, I don't know how old she was. They only lived, what, like seven years? Yeah, she, she was two when she
1: joined. But the other thing about Neelix is he looks like a couch. That's his fashion.
0: Or a curtain. 100%. Yes. A very like, but like 70s couch. A very expensive curtain.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a very nice couch, you know? <laughs> Definitely still a couch. I do think that the Ocampan clearly age faster. You know, like, we have, like, mm. Vulcans age slower. Uh, I guess Klingons mm. age a little slower. And I think that's probably where they were going. They were probably like, well, we have all these long-lived species. Let's do a short-lived species. Let's do a species that's yeah. going to live seven years. Which, you mm. know, remarkably convenient that Star Trek series lasts seven years. So <laughs> we definitely were going to reach the end of her lifetime anyway around season five.
1: If the writers had kept her. yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't... I'm still... I don't know... I kind of don't know how I feel about what they did because what they did is they... they got rid of Jennifer Lynn mm-hmm. and they brought in Jerry Ryan. Immediately. Right. That It was, it was clearly a replacement. Yeah. You know, like, at, as soon as she leaves, all of a sudden we have Seven coming in. I was very annoyed by that because I liked the idea of Kess and I wanted to see where Kess was going to go. And when they brought Kess back... You know, and she had normal person hair mm. <laughs> instead of that like cap that she was wearing the whole time. It was a slightly different Kess character, and I kind of liked this Kess character. Like I liked the future versions of Kess that they invented. Kess was never really actualized though. Like you could have
1: stretched her story, and she had so much potential of what she could have done mm-hmm. storyline, and and but it wasn't really a character that the writers ever latched onto, and. I've thought about Voyager, in a sense, and it's relevant to today because it's a Voyager episode, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other other Star Trek you can identify quickly who their crew... Are. Like, there's usually a big three, so we know who they are in TOS, right? Yes. I don't even have to ask, you just know. TNG, it's Picard, Riker, Data. It's just obvious, it's it's usually those three. If you go to Voyager and go give me your three identifiables, it's Janeway, mm-hmm. and then it's it's Seven, who doesn't come into season four and then it's yeah. probably the doc. you know like they're probably your identifiables,
0: but they're not they're,
1: the the second and third are still stretches in the case to be
0: are they yeah it's interesting so i had a conversation with one of the actors uh when i was in las vegas for the not star trek convention the st convention apparently mm-hmm. and, and this person mentioned to me that the show enterprise was about Archer, T'Pol, and Trip. Yes, that's their big three. Yeah. It wasn't until then that I realized. Oh, is that what? Like, I think that that might be what my problem with Enterprise is. I don't think they're the most interesting characters. I don't think I like mm-hmm. the relationship between Trip and T'Pol seemed shoehorned. Oh,
1: I actually disagree.
0: Like, it didn't seem. You know, not to put too fine a point on it, but like, it didn't seem logical to me. It,
1: oh yes, I agree with
0: that. That T'Pol would be into Trip.
1: I agree that they don't fit together, Mm -hmm. but I think it was written well. Like, it wasn't like Worf and Troy where it was just suddenly done. Yeah, Seeds of that were planted long before it actually
0: flowered. There's a theme happening in this episode. I don't know what's going on. I actually did like the idea of Worf and Troy together. I kind of wished that they had done it a little sooner. Partially because I like the idea of, you know, Worf not being alone. Mm. Although, to be honest, like, I would have rather they not killed Kalar. Mm. Like, I really would have liked to see Kalar a lot more. I didn't think there was... Except for giving Worf a motivation to kill Duras, there was no reason to kill Kalar. Yeah, I I guess he could have also raised his son. I mean, you got O'Brien and Keiko and Molly living on the ship. I would have preferred that structure had been... Kalar, Worf, and Alexander. I think that would have been really Mm -hmm. cool. Big loss there. Although, anytime I think back on that scene of Worf and Troy together, I feel like it's not the... It's not... That sprang out of parallels, right? Because he got that idea because in another universe, they were like married right big time and like that troy found it hard to believe that there was a reality where
1: they weren't together so that was certainly present there but it didn't ever feel to me that they were doing that to give them a relationship it felt like this is just building to the series seven finale
0: uh, okay
1: where the, the troy and Wharf relationship was a key part of the present and the future Scenes. Yeah, even though she wasn't in the future
0: scenes. Oh yeah, she died in between. Yeah, because yeah. because never date a wharf, because this is what happens to everyone wharf dates. Yeah, you're right. Is that is that like the running joke about? Well, one of the many running jokes about wharf. Yeah, I, I
1: hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, you're right.
0: When he chewed out Ezri, he probably saved her life. Yeah,
1: probably. But they they still got together but does it count when it's the same <laughs> these are important questions.
0: They are important these are the most important questions. Uh, Worf really has a thing for long dark haired women. Like that's his thing. You got Kalar and Jadzia and uh Diana. Right.
1: Yeah. He's going to talk.
0: Yeah, it's really his thing. He he goes as far as he can away from Tasha. The short yes. blonde hair, yeah. He's like, let me just do the opposite of that because that that's a whole mess. And they like robots. They just take their job instead. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> just a quick pause. You want to come say hello? Hi,
0: I've not been here for that long. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> it's good to see you. Good. How are you? I am doing How's well. Hey, since you're here, why don't you tell us about a thing that you do? Well, me and
1: Dad here, we do podcasts, on um, Star Trek, of course. I hope it is. Um, and
0: we watch an episode like the one you're doing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we review it in two minutes. So if you liked this episode and thought this is a bit long, why don't you go watch our two minute review of this episode? Yeah, you guys really, really, you guys released like super, super quick. I was very <laughs> yes. impressed. I was like, oh, they, they're dated already. <laughs> we actually, what, what we do,
1: we watch the episode as soon as the credits start. We walk towards Jack's room and <laughs> we get recorded straight away. Because we brilliant. also wanted to have that vibe while we haven't given it any thought and we've literally just finished watching it. Let's talk about it.
0: Uh, yeah, I like it. It's it's extremely fresh. I, I really enjoy your version of uh, of reviewing podcasts. Thanks so much. I love doing it. Absolutely. I haven't quite made it to listening to the first two for lower decks yet because I I avoid listening to other people's podcasts before I do mine because I don't want to be like, I don't want to bite off anybody's stuff, you know? That's fair. So, we really like so much just to try to catch up. We did a season three rewatch. Yeah, I saw you guys did like episode after episode after episode. I was like, these guys are going crazy. (laughs) <laughs> There's ten minutes to listen to you. That was a that was a good that was a really good catch up. You guys do a really good show. I really like uh two minute cool, trucks a lot. Yeah. Cool. See you around. Alright, take care. You know one thing that I really like about Voyager is the feature about the nacelles and how Mm. they, like, shift to create the warp bubble properly. I've never really thought it was necessary. Oh, absolutely not. It's like the doors in the DeLorean.
1: They don't have to do that.
0: It's just cool that they do. It is. And I like the fact that, like, they did it in multiple scenes in this episode. Every time we went to warp, every time we came down, they did the... They they moved the nacelles. I feel like Voyager Mm. missed that a few times, where we just, like, rarely saw the nacelles moving do you think the nacelles would move when you go to warp 10 in
1: threshold because it wasn't Voyager never got to warp 10 did it it was yeah that was just some the little shuttle
0: joke. wasn't it yeah i think so i'm gonna have to go watch that episode because i don't remember i feel like i don't remember how janeway got there because wasn't paris the, like the test pilot yeah and he kind of kidnapped
1: her after he started getting space sickness
0: oh right okay i actually really like threshold i do too
1: my main grip while it wasn't the the lizard babies it's why didn't they just do it and get everyone home, like the doctor could kill
0: them? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Could, yeah, 100%, because if you can reverse it one time, then you can reverse it again. And there's only like 180 people, you know? Yeah, I mean, it would have taken some time, but it wouldn't have. It would have taken... Oh, not really.
1: Like, more of 10. It would have only taken an afternoon.
0: No, I mean, like, the reversal. Oh, it wouldn't yeah. have taken 70 years. I'll tell you that much. That's right. Pretty much the last time the nacelles dropped, we're setting course to a Borg cube. Yes. They actually gave
1: coordinates and they actually sounded really familiar, and I I haven't looked up what they were, but I'm wondering (laughs) if it was either where the Wolf 359 happened or maybe where one of the Trans War
0: tunnels So I don't remember the coordinates, but they set course to Borg cube 858779. Oh, I thought that was the coordinate.
1: Whatever number they said rang a bell.
0: Yeah, that was the designation of the Borg cube. Mm. Like Federation Starship 74656, for example. I feel like we've previously seen the little crawlspace under the bridge. I feel like it featured at some point in a Voyager episode where they climbed down underneath there. Which is the thing that they touchstoned with on Prodigy as well. That's right. There's like a room underneath the prodigy bridge also
1: yeah like a fake room
0: yeah it's a, it's a really interesting touch to bring mike mcmahon is a, is clearly a true star trek fan i mean mm. not to mention there is the whole um star trek the next generation season eight that he did did you read that no i haven't it's really good i highly recommend it it's this yeah. whole series where he invents very lower decks style episodes for season eight of Star Trek The Next Generation. Awesome. It's, it's really good. I recommend that everybody read that book. The scanner that Tillips has upgraded can differentiate personality types and where they are in the brain, uh, which is super helpful because somehow to Lynn's solution, Is that she's gonna merge all of these merges into another merge. Have you played those games where where you like it's like the merge castle where like you merge this with that and it becomes another thing? Oh yeah, yeah, like all those mobile games that advertise. Yeah. That's advertising all the time. That's what they're playing (laughs) in this episode is they're playing merge plus.
1: I see those ads, I'm like, I'm never gonna download it and then I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) maybe one day. It's like if you watch the ad a thousand times, maybe I'll download it.
0: Dude, you know what? Uh, don't tell anybody. Oh, no. no, no. Yeah, just but be- we'll keep this between you and I.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: I've downloaded a few of those. Yeah. Some of them are kind of fun. There's one that I'm playing right now that's, I don't know why. This is really off the rails, but there's one that I'm playing now that's like the royal. It's like a ma- one of those match three games. I'm on like level 400 because I'm a ridiculous person. And like, it's also by BF Christie the King yeah yeah exactly that yeah i got that one too that's, <laughs> that's funny eventually yeah i definitely play that like far too much i don't know why i enjoy it so much and i'm so determined to like get through uh get through the levels without like using my coins i'm on level 728. did you say 728
1: no no 228
0: Oh okay, all right. Yeah. Sometimes I just like when I'm laying in bed and I should be sleeping. Yeah. I'm like just playing this game. I don't know what it is. It's not that great. It's not that exciting.
1: No, you're like... right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm on level. I'm on level. I'm on level 392. It's it's ridiculous. Ooh, right. Like I don't know why. Like how many levels do you think they have of this thing? Like does it just go is on there, forever. There's only one way we can we can really find out, really. Oh, he's got to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this has been Isaac and Jack's talk about mobile gaming, <laughs> uh, where we discussed the merits and the demerits of the mobile gaming sphere and uh, how great uh, Royal Match is. Thank you for and joining us. And how advertising actually works.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Secretly, we were being paid by Royal Match <laughs> to to shill for their program and their software.
1: Please Don't enjoy <laughs> com slash Let's Talk About Treks for a trial offer.
0: Like, scribe, and commit. Don't forget to use our discount code. ltat eighty fifty. So these holograms it's i mean a really mm. convenient plot device that they've installed hollow hollow emitters all throughout the ship but i don't feel mm. like it's a new idea was i feel like there was a ship that had that i may be thinking of novels there's actually one that there's one that i'm on now it's called uh, to lose the earth it's um they there's this whole series um, it's called Project Pat. I think is it Project Pathfinder. Uh, no, Project mm-hmm. Full Circle is what it is. Where they take a fleet of ships back to the Delta Quadrant. Um, to I don't really remember what the purpose it was. <laughs> now that I think of it, but yeah, they took like four or five ships in like a little a little fleet back out to the Delta Quadrant. Um, one of those ships is the USS Galen, which is crewed entirely by holograms so that is sort of an idea that has carried forward into this episode where there's you know hollow emitters all over the ship i can't imagine the purpose of having hollow emitters all over the ship without having holograms all over the ship which is exactly what we parlay into So we've got like mm. yes, uh, true. chaotica the clown who wasn't a hologram yeah so my understanding was that mariner was a lesbian but i'm I, thinking I that I think
1: she might be pregnant.
0: yeah apparently yeah. apparently yeah. she's she's more more pan pansexual because yeah this kiss with michael sullivan that's his name right michael sullivan yeah yeah a stereotype name that's, that's what it is. I mean, come on now. Montgomery Scott, let's start there. <laughs> you have a Scotsman named Scott. Coach, Coach. I mean, th- your finger is also glued to your nose, because that is exactly <laughs> what that is. I also like Boimler's solution about being son of Captain Proton, mm. and I would like to see him revisit that holo-program where he's son of Captain oh, Proton. Oh, yeah. th- that's, that's such
1: a backdoor pilot. In fact, or could just
0: be um, crisis point part three maybe it could oh, be we could. Captain Proton Ooh, I like the fact that you created a backdoor pilot for this episode son of Captain Proton that's great
1: but it's also not a backdoor pilot because it could be used in this existing show
0: yeah it's a backdoor subplot yeah the episode I don't know what it's called is it the thaw the one with the clown where like Janeway argues fear into a corner I, I could replace
1: the clown to be honest I actually oh. wondered if you if it was a next gen character at one point
0: it's actually one of my very favorite episodes of voyager there's a creature that's he's not q like but he does q like things By which I mean, like, transport you into, like, a post-apocalyptic horror of a courtroom kind of thing. And you have, Uh, like, all these monstrous, like, people, you know, laughing and pointing kind of thing. Sort of like that courtroom from from Q. It's a really great episode. It really highlights and showcases Janeway. And the best part of it to me is that there's basically a character that is representing fear, and that's this clown character that we see in this episode. And Janeway resolves this episode by just talking to this character, and she ends up arguing him into, she ends up basically arguing fear into a corner and diminishing it just with her determination. It's a, it's a really good episode. I do think it's called The Thaw. I'm actually going to look it up right now because you, you should watch it. Well, while you're doing that, I'd
1: just like to point out that's kind of what you did to Two weeks.
0: There was a poll. Someone put a poll on Twitter the other day asking yes. whether she was right or wrong. And when yeah. I hit no, I was shocked <laughs> that like 80% of people agreed with what she did.
1: The Enterprise episode Similitude is very similar in... Ethical structure to two bigs.
0: Tell me about
1: it. There's a trip clone that's grown for the purposes of keeping trip alive,
0: uh, and then we kill the clone to keep trip. I don't know. I mean, I don't know Enterprise very well. I might have to go watch that. It sounds kind of interesting. Don't skip the credits. I will definitely skip the credits. I just can't get. I just. I've tried to. I've tried three times to do a rewatch, of, or or a watch, I guess, of the series, mainly because I want to get. I want to get the whole story and then get up to the mirror episodes because I don't think I realized that it was basically a different show for those mirror episodes. I I thought I assumed that it was, you know, just like, you know, Discovery or anybody else that we just went over to the mirror universe. I hadn't realized that they broke from the entire story and just went to a different a whole different plot line. And I think it's really interesting. I want to get to it naturally, though. Every time we get to the part where somebody's basically like harpooned to the hull oh yes i can't i don't know what it is about that whole concept where i'm just like i i number one i fall asleep and then number two i'm like what like i just i can't i can't move forward from there i can never get past it because like when i when i go to the next episode all i'm thinking about is wait what he's harpooned to the what like it just doesn't it just, it really doesn't make sense to me. It's, I don't, I don't think, it, no, that's not it. I don't think it's that it, ma- it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get the mechanics of it. I get the idea behind it. I think that the characters don't seem real to me in this time. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I really don't know what it is about that. But I get stuck right there every time. And I'm just like, what is this? What's happening? I'll defend it a little bit by saying Next Generation
1: doesn't start till season three. But if you're watching Next Generation in order and we're new to it, you would find it really arduous going through season 1 and season 2 that would be really tricky there enterprise are different- hit sweet spot but it does take a while to get there and it just isn't as big or maybe as impactful as Enterprise as next generation was but season 3 and season 4 are really really good trek but you got to get
0: there I do feel like enterprise was robbed i do feel like they should have done seven seasons and i think that they would really, have really flourished in those final three seasons and made it like more compelling for me to watch i'll agree that the next generation season one can be a little difficult but there's some important stuff oh, in very there. Difficult. oh it's not much <laughs> oh but there's one one zero zero one zero zero one yeah that ends up paying off several times that comes back like later it comes back in future imperfect um, it comes back in uh, uh, future imperfect, <laughs> <laughs> cause and um, effect. <laughs> c- correct. Um, another one in season one is Angel One. That's the one where we. Yeah. That's the one with. Oh no, that's the that's the uh, gender reversal role. Hey, it's Mrs. Unplanned Trek. How are you going? <laughs> Hello, it's it's great to see you. I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing phenomenal now that you're here.
1: <laughs> nice to meet you I've heard all about you
0: you as well I find myself going back and listening to your layered choir more often than you would believe that was fun it is, it's it's one of my favorite parts of two minute track, and I love hearing it
1: i <laughs> I, uh,
0: I combined i don't know if you heard it but i combined uh you into a uh, a commercial for two minute trek with jack that i that <laughs> i really really that's like
1: what we do oh As that's so cool <laughs> yeah. <That'd be> famous Lucy's <laughs> our ticket out of here so good so why, why would you ever leave <laughs> oh i mean i don't mean out of here or out of here I mean Lucy's success musically will will be our ticket
0: oh yeah you know oh yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely (laughs) I can't imagine you wanting to get out of there because who doesn't like walking upside down (laughs) it's got to be the best part it could be that we're walking upside down maybe that's what it is yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you know about Tasmania but the story is that Tasmanians are so inbred that they have two heads
0: I've never heard that
1: so though we often show people the scar where we had our other head removed. Ah, gotcha. So, <laughs> we we refer to the rest of Australia as the mainland, mm-hmm. and mainlanders will call, will go, yeah, make that joke, oh, where's your other head,
0: in, in the from in the <laughs> Tasmania.
1: Because uh, Tasmania has a small population and it's an island.
0: Yeah, yeah but so they're, uh, they're all criminals, though, right,
1: well, on, on the right, mainland?
0: It, Oh, some I of know. us, though. <laughs> Tasmania was a
1: pretty big convict big population,
0: too. We, but they said
1: the worst ones to Tasmania. Yeah, well, oh. it's very <laughs> odd. Okay. Yeah. We, our population in Tasmania is like half a mil.
0: Okay. Oh, half? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I might go to bed. All right.
1: Night-night.
0: Night-night.
1: Night-night. I'll see you soon. Love you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Good
0: night. You, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well that was fun this has been this has been a fun uh episode i really i really enjoyed having everybody here <laughs> excellent <laughs> where are we up to we are rolling in on the on the home stretch of this episode um the scary clowns are, are disappeared this game sca- mm. okay the clown disappeared in the most scary way possible with like basically his knife at boimler's throat
1: yes yes timing being
0: the essence here yeah there's a there's a new exhibit going up on Voyager when it gets to Earth. Is it at Starfleet Academy or at Starfleet Headquarters? Yeah, everything's in San Francisco. Why yeah. is there a huge? They just happen to have a huge open space that can fit an entire starship, like in the middle of the grounds. And where was it? I guess they removed it by the time Discovery got back there. Yeah, I guess like, you know, the next exhibition comes in and Voyager gets thrown
1: or you know put in the Louvre. or
0: I wonder if they have, like, a rotating exhibit where they just, mm. like, change out the ship every once in a while. Yeah. It's got to be a very similarly sized ship, though. Maybe a Stargazer. Oh, that's another one, by the way, from Season 1. Is it called The Battle? Oh, yeah. The one where they bring back the Stargazer? Yeah, but it's not a great episode. Was that our first? No. no, that was our second Ferengi episode. Our first Ferengi episode... Yeah was the tacon empire that's another thing that came from season one there's a lot of things in season one that they really should have gone back to and didn't oh yeah
1: absolutely
0: it's a star trek i'm still stuck on the tacon empire like how did we do a whole tacon empire and then later we did the iconian thing and we didn't mention that again either like those are two amazing things like you're telling me that there's this society that's been around that was around like thousands of years ago that could you know create this lifelike hologram and had a, a vastly spanning Empire and yet we only found one planet where they exist something mm. ha- like and something something happened like a long time ago in the Star Trek universe that I don't I don't know but it, there's clear indication that there were some civilizations and then something happened and those civilizations all went away and because we're all now, most of us in the in the galaxy are around the same level of technological advancement or we're gone so like you know like once you've reached a certain level of technological advancement it might be a good idea to stop because if you go too far your whole civilization is gonna disappear
1: yeah that's right you get to a point a tipping point where you're actually gonna extinguish your your planet and you're right yeah
0: yeah it's almost like another um what do they call that they call it a uh the singular it's not a singularity it's like a hurdle what well, okay so i'm thinking of something else wordle? um star trek <laughs> i am thinking of wordle star trek calls it star trek calls it like warp drive right like the warp yeah. drive is like the dividing line for us it's uh, for like for the, the way scientists talk about it is like there's some hurdle we have to get past and we just don't mm. know what it is yet
1: I kind of thought it might be some sort of allegory about don't advance too much. You might lose your humanity.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, humanity doesn't sometimes seems to be less helpful than it thinks it is, though. Not in Star Trek though, like humanity like infinite diversity in infinite
1: combinations as long as it's human.
0: Uh, Oh that is a good point. Yeah. That is a really good yeah. point.
1: Even the Borg is like technology over
0: humanity, and they're the enemy. No, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, the more techno you get, the the worse, the worse we we think about you. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, and we we're okay with Seven. The more human she gets, and the less implants she has. My main problem with Janeway and the Seven relationship is that
1: she's never asked Jane, if Janeway has never asked Seven if she's okay or wants to change.
0: Seven could be leading a best life. You know, she was kind of perfect as a Borg drone. Mm. She experienced the same thing that Jack was experiencing, which is that like (laughs) singularity of purpose and perfection of you know living. And she probably would have lived longer. Like I feel like the Borg probably you they can extend their lives, you know, with all that techno stuff on them. Do you think she would have lived longer and prospered, or just lived longer? She would have done both. She would yep. have been incredibly Vulcan as a Borg. She was incredibly Vulcan as a Borg, actually. That's why she put on the Tuva. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was a little <laughs> bit alarmed about these promotions, but we are in Season 4. I don't know how long Lower Dex is supposed to last, but I imagine yeah. it's got to end when we when we get to Commander, it's got to be over, right? Because we can't be Lower Decks anymore.
1: Yeah, it's kind of by definition that if if these four crew members are the ones we're following, that they can't be promoted or can't be promoted too high. But saying that, are we replacing them by adding this Vulcan ensign in?
0: I'm wondering, I do wonder if Talin is the camel's nose in the tent of the new <laughs> Lower Decks. Like we can move our Lower Decks crew up in ranks, you know, like move Freeman and Ransom off. Can you imagine Mariner and Boimler? as first officer and um because it's two it happens it just so happens to be two officers that are command command division officers mm, and correct. there just happens yeah. to be an engineer and one scientist and i wonder if we could just like we could run this ship ourselves and they go do admiral stuff it is again the crisis point kind of stuff is
1: leading up to leadership really isn't it it's
0: oh i would like to do a future i'd like to see a future like a dip into the future episode where like we have mariner and boimler as captain and first officer and then 10d as chief science officer etc etc
1: yeah that'd be cool like a flash forward maybe for the or yeah a final season that's five years ahead or something
0: what also the thing about Talin that she mentions during this episode is that her whole point was to prove that she should be reinstated to the Vulcan fleet.
1: Yeah, so can you remember the lower decks episode which had the Vulcan crew and the Klingon crew? I do, yes. Yeah, I think that's that's her first appearance and she was the one that was going crazy by yeah, by by like, she is losing it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So um, since then she's she's obviously been moved to to Starfleet and beginning her career here.
0: I imagine that eventually she's going to not want to go back because it's going to seem like really boring to be over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I guess it's like how Spock always chose to stay with the with the Federation too, and and to Paul, you know, she could have left from various times as well.
0: I feel like I have a vague memory of like maybe they probably yeah, would accept got her because she was contempt. Oh, she did.
1: Yeah, and she got sacked at 1.2. I don't oh. want to spoil it for you. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> You've only because there is
0: because there is a whole story there. Like a, a whole long arc, um, arc that happens. Mm. So we've gotten the promotions. Mariner's trying to give back her pip. Um, mm-hmm. And I like how ransom has decided that he's going to make her advance up the ranks it's a little concerning yeah. because it's like well she's done it before like she she's meant yeah. they mentioned very early on that she's gone up and down and up and down so. Oh, yeah. oh so like didn't she say
1: when ransom when when she like knocked on the door i think he went like ho ho or something or like he's he's equivalent of- oh yeah
0: he was like Yo, yo. Yeah,
1: that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Ransom is is
0: is is definitely a bro, a twenty fourth century bro. Yeah. Uh I like the chant. We've we brought the chant back, the lower Lower decks. decks. Oh, and then the second chant was no No mysterious mysterious threats. threats." No mysterious mysterious threats. threats. (laughs) Which is great. Um, And then finally we are back to this Klingon Bird of Prey. Yes. I always think it's really great when we do a Lower Decks of a different fleet. You know, of like the Klingon or even the the Borg one was wildly amusing from I think last season. But now we culminate this Lower Decks scene with the destruction of the Bird of Prey by a ship that looks familiar to me.
1: I've watched this episode a couple of times to try to, to glean this, so I thought it was the same shape As Peanut Hamper, so that was my first thought Was that it's Peanut Hamper Who who I think in the last episode we see Peanut Hamper Decided that she was going to go to the morgue and get assimilated That, that was her exit out Yes But if it's not Peanut Hamper I think it's William Boimler Oh So it had one life sign on it And I don't know if an exocomp counts as a life sign so um, yeah. if it doesn't, my money would be on William Boimler, who's in Section Thirty-One, presumed dead, by everyone in reality, but I think is still alive.
0: Yeah, we we saw that because we saw that he had mm. been he had been killed by a flood of neurozine gas, I think, into his quarters, which mm. is like an obvious like yeah, so someone mm. used someone's taken you. So yeah, he is in Section Thirty-One. D- Section Thirty-One has like what super wild technology. I don't know the. A one-man ship fits the aesthetic of Section 31.
1: Do we know what the aesthetic of Section 31 is, though? Like, has that really been established? It's kind of mysterious. It's kind of dodgy. It's kind of not what...
0: Not that. Piece number one of the aesthetic is they go black. Yep. This ship is white. Yes. So I guess if you were, like, really trying to, like, hide that you were Section 31, you'd want to do a white ship, <laughs> since they generally do... <laughs> Black ships and black uniforms and all that. I, I keep trying to think of what it is, but I really feel like the shape of that ship seems very familiar.
1: I thought the shape was peanut hamper. The thing is though, there's nothing really to compare it to to say what size that ship is. Is it really small? Is it peanut hamper size? Or is it actually quite big? I couldn't tell you if a person could fit in it, for instance, or if, if they could or if you could fit an eight ball table in there. Or if you could Yeah it was as big as a Formula 1 track I don't know but that's, a, that's yeah. a
0: good point as well
1: but yeah they were my two contenders of who's in that pod that can destroy things very quickly and then as I said before a barrel was in the debris I just loved that but it, yeah. uh, it could have just been like Klingon blood wine cask you know
0: it might have just sure. been
1: that but it was a barrel and barrels we know do harm Klingons
0: yes barrels and Klingons that's right it, he was trying to play Donkey Kong but that didn't work out <laughs> so I enjoyed this episode especially as a season opener I liked going back to Voyager Voyager is not my number one show Mm -hmm. of Star Trek but I do like Voyager a lot and it turns out as time goes on, I end up liking Voyager more and more when we revisit because it makes me go back and watch stuff and think about it more. And it's growing on me more now. Yeah, right. And I was glad that I could identify every little piece of anything they put. That's that's kind of what told me that I like Voyager more than I think I do because like, I was able to quickly identify every little thing they brought in, even the macro macrophage thing. And they weren't dead cuts.
1: They weren't just the obvious things that uh, Voyager were that you
0: know they, they were deep cuts and they, they were deep cuts and yeah. i like the fact that we went to the most important one and made that the structure which is the whole tubix thing and like expanded that whole yeah. tubix thing and explored it and discussed it i thought that was great were i forced to give this episode a rating i would give it an 8.7 i'm
1: tempted because it's for to give it a a 7.9 sure <laughs> but, that would make sense but I'm not going to do that that's just a bad joke the episode itself is far better than that I, I, actually, I was actually thinking a 9 ok I, I really enjoyed it I, I liked the whole homage to Voyager I liked as I said earlier the musical cues the deep cuts that it did and it was just really fun and all the different combinations of two vixes that they did um, even having one of the ones from the Cetacean Ops it was just, yeah, just a really fun season opener
0: yeah Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So nine for you. I like fish. Oh <laughs> want some fish. That was really good.
1: Line of the episode. And I um I I don't think I touched on it before. I really liked the the quick reference to those old scientists that the mariner did as well, which you mentioned that they time traveled to pike um really early on. Oh so, yes, you yeah. did
0: mention that Pike thing we can't talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But also, did you notice the slight change in the opening credits as well with the new addition to the the fight scene?
0: I was expecting one, but I didn't look for it. Can you tell me about it?
1: In the scene which has the Cerritos fighting the Borg, mm-hmm. um, I also think there might be Klingon or Romulan ships. There's the Crystalline Entity. Mm-hmm. The new addition, I believe, is the Portal from Star Trek IV.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I definitely have to go back and watch that now. Yeah that sounds great yeah. oh that was a good yeah.
1: eye i have to give credit to my son jack for that
0: he watched it and he went
1: oh, star oh, drink wow. four okay reaction, yeah nope. which made me
0: pay attention thank you for joining for this episode i really appreciate you coming in and helping helping us out and uh and taking care of uh, earl's keeping earl's seat warm for him while he's away doing very important work the next episode of uh let's talk about tracks we'll be featuring obviously the next episode of star trek lower decks uh, episode two is called i have no bones yet i must flee title. this is where mariner tries to get demoted rutherford tries to get promoted and boimler makes a big move Ooh.
1: Thank you very much for having me off the bench as well. I really enjoyed this. It's been a a good time spent. I really enjoyed it, Jack. And all the best to Earl and his family. Um, I I don't mind coming on any time, but I'd like it to be under better circumstances. So I hope he's okay. And um, all the best, mate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, I think Earl would appreciate it if I said that I implore everyone to stay positive, dream big, And we'll hear from you again. Wait, what is it? (laughs) And you'll hear from us again soon.
1: To repeat. I like fish.
0: show through patreon.com let's talk about treks is a production of anodyne relay supported by the star trek fan community of listeners like you we review the copyrighted works of paramount cbs's star trek team of whom no copyright infringement is intended you can reach us via email at email at let's talk about you can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312 our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as And would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.